Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So, one thing which is a huge part of conversations around relationships, celebrities, some of our favorite topics here at RD is infidelity. We've already spoken about infidelity before once in a previous episode many moons ago, you can go check that one out. But today what we wanted to kind of like break apart was this idea of emotional versus physical cheating. Yes. We wanted to unpack whether emotional cheating is worse than physical cheating. So, everybody state who you are and where you stand. This is Shrishti, your host, and uh, I am going to argue that it's not. Wait, that what's not? Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, know. that emotional cheating is not worse than physical cheating. Like, they're, they're the same. Um, this is Rohita, and I'm going to say that I think actually emotional cheating is worse. But I will also say that it's time to rethink cheating and the idea of infidelity entirely. Uh I totally agree, Rohita, and I was going to say, I think this is the first time this has ever happened on RD, but I don't think I have a strong opinion. <laughs> I just don't think I care that much about cheating, or I don't believe in cheating, so like I don't have a, an opinion. What do you mean you don't believe in cheating? Like, I, I don't believe in this thing that is called cheating, as in every every relationship has its own unique, specific boundaries and, like, definitions of betrayal. But there's no, like, definition that applies across the board to everybody. It's interesting that you say that, Carla, about, like, everybody sets their own boundaries. And that actually brings up an interesting question of what emotional cheating is in the first place, right? Like with physical cheating in our pop culture, everything, there's like a very clear cut, like you sleep with someone else, you make out with someone else. Basically, you touch someone else in a way that you're supposed to touch your primary sexual partner and that becomes like cheating. There's such a weird definition, but actually when you define it, that's how we kind of see physical cheating play out on screen. But with emotional cheating, it's much less clear. Like, what is it that we're talking to and what exactly do we mean by emotional cheating? So to kind of understand that better, let's like look at some examples from pop culture. So let's talk about like one of those movies which is iconic, which everybody refers to when we talk about romance and love, which is Before Sunset. It's part of the Before Sunrise, Sunset, Midnight trilogy. So in the second movie, Before Sunset, when Jess and Celine, the two main characters, reunite, they're already in relationships. Like um, Jess is married to someone and has a child with her and Celine is in like a long-term monogamous partnership. Um, so when they do meet each other, they obviously talk and connect and emotionally there's like this very strong draw towards each other. So does that mean that they've emotionally cheated in their relationships even before anything might have happened like yeah i'm confused about this because like given given the facts of the movie in the context of the movie i don't think they emotionally cheated because in the end they did decide to stay back in paris together and like it was understood that they were going to leave their partners or whatever it happened over the course of one day <laughs> but but in, in general, like if they held on to each other so long, uh, for so long, over so many years while being with someone else, I don't know if that's cheating, but that's definitely, I won't even say it's unfair because I'm, I'm sure it happens to a lot of people, but then I feel like they should, from what I've seen of the movie, I don't think they really uh, told their partners about this. 
no they did because he wrote a book about it but essentially not that they still had feelings yeah so i don't think that's cool okay wait i don't remember the ending you said there's the implication at the end that they're going to leave their partners i thought the implication is just like you're left with a question mark as in like they maybe extend their trip but you don't really know what's going to happen yeah so in the end um he's he's like waiting to board his flight and then and then selene says you're not going to board that flight and then that's it yeah but that could just be they stay back for 6 hours and then they get on a later flight that day but that's what happened so i was yeah. right uh-huh. like in the next movie Oh, there's another movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I think I just trilogy. gave up on this. I did not realize that. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so one thing I don't like about the setup here is that the the like consummation of this lustful relationship is in the the sort of sexual act itself. Like that it, that's what you're teed up to believe is like the ultimate act. And I sort of agree with whoever said like this idea that you're still like you know carrying these very significant feelings for somebody throughout your life even while you're involved in like a monogamous relationship that is potentially more dangerous to like the structure of that relationship like that's the bigger threat right is that like you're emotionally deeply tied to somebody else it's not the sexual act that's going to knock the the monogamous relationship of course but i don't even know if it's like you're emotionally deeply tied to somebody else like in the context of this film for it's i don't think it is that but it's like you met this person you felt a really strong connection like you know how that happens and they're in like france or in another country or whatever and you're not going to like there's no possibility of anything but then per chance you see them again and it all comes back and i think that's how emotions also are right like nobody is actually truly in that sense like okay i have blinders on and you're the only person who i imagine like romance and love with so i don't know yeah and that's actually true because um it is evolving our, our understanding of infidelity also is evolving even according to psychologists like there there's one psychologist named frank pitman who told the new york times that apparently this landscape is changing where the emphasis is less on sex than it is on like openness and intimacy and like the revelation of secrets and a lot of people even say that one key aspect of emotional infidelity is when you kind of confide in somebody else and not confide in like your primary partner and that is that is this source of this great sense of betrayal from the primary partner and that that's what we see in this movie also i mean they both there's a trope right that they can talk to each other about things that they can't talk to anyone else about and then if you can't talk to your partner about things like that and it's not like they're like telling each other secrets also it's just like sharing their thoughts about life and if you can't have that connection with your primary partner then then there's a problem with your relationship your primary relationship i don't know. i think i disagree i think i i don't like this notion that your romantic partner has to like fulfill all of the you know all the the like long list that long checkbox list of checkboxes of things that makes us who we are right all our various interests all the things that like inspire us and all the things that we care about like no one person is going to satisfy that entire checklist right and so like the fact that you connect with other people who satisfy some part of you that that primary partner doesn't like i don't see why that's a betrayal 
at all. Yeah, but it's not about like every single need, right? It's about it's about this sense of connection and bonding that you have where you can talk about anything. Like the whole point of these movies was that they could talk about everything under the sun and everything that they cared about and it's like but it's fake. We've all had those summer boyfriends. It's fake. They don't carry into real life. That's why these movies are so stupid because it's like everyone has that guy in their past and like if you were to bring him into your real life, they don't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's like a mirage. Like that person doesn't exist. And so like that person can exist for 24 hours and that's fun, but I don't think they ever no one is that to anyone else. And so like they would just be disappointing. If the movie continued like real life in perpetuity, he'd disappoint her very quickly, I think. I, I mean, but, okay, I, I don't so... think they're fake. Like I disagree. <laughs> I don't know why I'm feeling so strongly about like, I don't think they're fake, but I do agree that, that it's more transient. And the movies also actually show that like before midnight actually shows you that when they do take that through to like a monogamous marriage and uh, and like two children, like how that doesn't really carry forward, right? Because then there are a lot of other things that you need to kind of account for in your equation. Whereas like on a train ride or, you know, when you're meeting for 24 hours in a romantic French city, it's very easy to talk about everything under the sun. But, you know, when you have (laughs) two kids and like a whatever, I mean, two kids, I suppose, is enough to like introduce a lot of annoying logistics into your life. So, So, no, my question is like, Okay, you have that summer boyfriend, but then, what if you, what if um, so the 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 fleeting nature of those summer boyfriends makes them like people that you keep thinking about, right? And that's what we keep seeing in these movies. Like in the second movie, they obviously are still on each other's mind. So what does that do for your relationship? I mean, no one's saying that your primary partner has to be these things, but what does it do to your relationship if you're thinking about someone else and the connection you had with them constantly for so many years, or I don't know. It's weird to me. I mean, I think it's fine. Like, I also feel like when you were talking about, like, the recent research and how our idea of monogamy is evolving, I feel like I find it very strange that our our ideas of evolving monogamy are just restricted to, like, sex. Like, hey, now we're more okay with, like, having sex with multiple people but somehow we draw boundaries around like you can only tell your secrets to your partner or whatever when I think in ways in which we've all seen monogamous relationships you need to keep some secrets from like (laughs) or like in life to have a more stable or whatever like you said Carla you can't you can't show all your cards to one player wow I'm really (laughs) that's such a weird analogy but like you you've got to keep some things from like some people and I think the very idea of a primary partnership also it might work for some people for other people they might choose to like you know I'm going to tell my close childhood friend about something I'm going to tell my romantic partner about something else I'm going to tell the person I'm hooking up with about something else I, I don't see why like and it's better for me that way also I go to the people who are able to respond to my different like needs and problems better so in that sense like what is emotional cheating no, no, I don't, because it's like, um, I really think that physical cheating is like, not even as, like people make a huge deal out of it. But research has also shown that everyone, regardless of the quality of the relationship and how happy they are or whatever, their gaze is bound to bound to stray. And that's just inevitable. So like, people make a big deal out of physical cheating. But the emotional aspect of it, I mean, how would it feel if 
somebody you devote a lot of your time and energy and effort and care and just like really feel a lot of feelings for this person they're going and having those feelings for someone else it's like it's not like it's not like um they are restricted from having connections from other people but it also really tugs at this very primal sense of neediness for i'm not saying that it's okay to be that needy but i mean there is something that differentiates your primary relationship from other relationships and that's that sense of connection and like the sense of being special and if that sense of being special is gone then what's the point I mean, this is the most delightful <laughs> idealism. I don't think I've heard anyone talk like this about romantic relationships <laughs> in so long. So, I mean, Rohita, I don't know. We've we've sort of agreed as a society. We may not still, we, the three of us may not believe this, but as a society, for the most part, we have agreed that physical transgressions are like a boundary that in a, in a monogamous relationship that is like, it's clear like when you've crossed it, right? I think the emotional boundary is a little squishier and less clear. And so as a society, we don't have any rules around it. But the same way that like, there, you can't possibly have a best friend who fulfills every single emotional need that you have, it's also not it's not possible to have a life partner who fulfills every emotional need that you have. There is no such human being. It's like believing in soulmates that like click together and fill each other, you know, every single gap in your soul, like they fill it. It doesn't exist. So it's, to me, it feels like perfectly okay if like fulfillment comes from other places. Look at Rohita. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so jaded. Am I so jaded? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this felt like some beautiful, you know, monologue out of a rom-com. I'm just like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Why am I incapable of feeling this love? <laughs> hmm. I think okay, Shrishti, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you feel better about this, actually. I'm going to make you feel better because I actually, I believe in monogamy unlike a lot of other people and I believe like should people choose it but I believe in the power of that choice and so I the fact that I actually think it's quite a romantic framing to say that look I don't put the responsibility on this one person to be everything and it's okay to get fulfillment from other people as well but in the end like I always choose this person right? Like I'll, I'll never choose the summer boyfriend. I always choose the primary person, right? And that the continuation of that choice, like again and again, and letting it be an active choice rather than something that you're just kind of like trapped in. I think there's something very romantic about that actually. Okay, I didn't mean to sound that uh, idealistic. <laughs> what I mean is, so, okay, let me clarify and just say that I do think that it's possible and indeed like much more common than we think for people to be in love with more than one person but the infidelity and the cheating aspect comes in the secrecy right so like when you don't tell your quote-unquote primary partner that this other person is always on your mind that's when it becomes it feels like such a deep betrayal but I think there has to be like more openness to and willingness to just talk about the fact that we can and do uh, fall in love with many people at the same time and that I think is like a societal thing that needs to change to make these things less painful and less uh, I guess traumatic because at the end of the day for the person who doesn't know that their partner is like thinking about someone the connection they have with someone else yeah it can feel very alienating 
yeah i think uh, and and i think that's what at the beginning of the episode also the the setting up of the framing like irrespective of whether you believe in the idea of infidelity or not i think what really gets to you is not so much like somebody having sex with someone else or somebody feeling strongly emotionally about someone else but it's them being dishonest about it and in a setup which might require you to kind of like you said right rohit if you devote a lot of your time and energy and resources into one person and they're dishonest about like where the same things are going for them then and and i think that's inherently where um like the kind of hurt and trauma and everything with cheating kind of comes from right like that's why we have out from adele to anush uh, anushka shankar all talking about like infidelity and and the impact that it had on them but i also wonder if if in like a society like ours like in some ways um emotional cheating can also be like liberating like if you think of another example of what constitutes emotional cheating like there is shri devi's character from the film 2012 film english to english where she's a housewife who's gone to the us and she doesn't know how to speak english etc so she enrolls in an english speaking class her family is very demeaning towards her and you know just generally and then she goes into this class and she meets this french chef <laughs> who falls in who falls in love with her and she kind of doesn't like she doesn't reciprocate but she also doesn't say that she's not into him so there's like this ambiguity about how she feels about him and at the end she ultimately decides to stay with her husband but she tells him that thank you for teaching me to love myself so i feel like in some of those settings just learning to like let ourselves go and feel like seen by other people it can actually be liberating and shrishti i would actually go so far as i love that example because it never crosses the boundary of like real cheating right <laughs> of the yeah. physical boundary yeah. but i would go so far as to say that in an example like that it maybe even makes the primary relationship stronger because yeah. she emerges you know and she chooses the primary partner and comes back somewhat changed or different and it sort of brings like a fresh dynamic to the primary relationship yeah this is actually I my i haven't seen the movie but i'm guessing this is actually my favorite example because it speaks to so many different things at the same time like for example there's a lot of um, research again that's very uh, intrigued by the fact that women are quote unquote closing the infidelity gap so it, like until now it was always men who were cheating more than their uh, than their wives and all of that but now like with greater independence mobility education everything like that women are closing the gap. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about I mean this is very unscientific, but I don't know how I feel about this generalization that like men have always cheated more than women. I just think that it's more visible. Yeah, just exactly. Just like everything That's that true. men do, it's just more more visible, but I think that women cheat like differently, more quietly, more discreetly maybe. No? No, it's also to do with the fact that men did actually cheat more because they had the access and opportunity more. If like women were confined to a like a very narrow domestic sphere and were restricted in a lot of ways, it just it restricts who you meet and where you can go and what you can do with your time. So in that sense, objectively, the like numbers wise. men don't cheat more but it doesn't speak to the proclivity for cheating which again now shows that the more women have access to freedom and opportunities the more they are cheating 
Your story says something. <laughs> I think women cheat differently sounds like a great like pop psychology book title. <laughs> I wonder if it is. Um I think basically at the core of it is also the fact that like with monogamy men benefit from it right and women get tied down to it like as an institution and so when there's like a violation in the form of cheating and when that translates into the man even like breaking the marital contract and going away and like marrying say the the person who he cheated on the woman with it becomes like the woman is the one who you know has a lot to lose because and it brings out the problems with the institution of monogamy right she gives her body to like in a lot of cases to birth children the prime years of her life to take care of them she's the one who gets restricted in in many ways um and then later on in life when apparently she's not as you know valuable in terms of how she looks or like when you know it's easier for a man to move on to someone who's considered more conventionally sexually attractive by society because she's younger then a man just does that and then you realize okay this institution cheated me because i was supposed to derive like my primary worth for women that's the other thing we don't just der- it, it's not just about like support right it, it becomes like marriage is your identity in this country for most women and so cheating becomes like such a huge deal because it deprives you of your identity and it deprives you of what you put most of your life's like resources and worth and everything into and because of this like fundamental unfairness in that situation don't you also find that somehow like i find that i have a gendered bias when it comes to like my judgment of cheating so yeah. i find <laughs> that like when i hear about a man cheating on a woman i'm like ugh gross what a pig like i'm immediately more judgmental but when i hear about a woman cheating on a man my initial again gut instinct without thinking unfiltered is like she must have a really good reason cuz probably her husband's an asshole and also awesome like i hope she got some and i hope it was awesome right and i'm like kind of cheering her on yeah on that that reminds me of um this thing that i recently found not for my purposes for research purposes but <laughs> there's this <laughs> there's this uh, french app that is specifically for women to seek out relation women in relationships and marriages to seek out extramarital relationships and there's about 13 lakh indian women on this app but and only if only in france would they come up with this i love it it's so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and 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 so this app did a survey and found that a lot of users uh, of the app said that they they sought these relationships out because they were just like unsatisfied sexually in their marriages so i mean i do think yeah it's a pretty good reason and this is something when i was reading about it i was like i was also cheering it on i was like yeah you, you do you i mean i i endorse controversially or not i endorse the existence of this this um mechanism that allows women to do this yeah i think that like the reaction to both the app and carla what you were saying instinctively to cheating in like heterosexual marriages i think it comes from that point of access that you brought up roita right like we're so conscious of the fact that most of the time women in heterosexual marriages especially in india don't have access to be able to like 
form emotional and sexual relationships outside of their marriages without getting into a lot of trouble while for men it's seen almost as like a rite of passage right that they will be having like sexual and emotional relation whatever like they can have a whole life outside of their marriages while for women like their marriages are their lives so i feel like a lot of that sense of joy or whatever comes from this that brings us to an important question in terms of like talking about this topic right like of whether emotional cheating is worse than physical cheating because we've actually not talked about our feelings about this this like main thing except at the start of the podcast so like do you think emotional cheating is more damaging than a fling involving just sex like and if so then why i think yeah we've not really spoken about how we feel about this i think i've made it clear from my side that yeah 100% it is more damaging um yeah because i don't i can't really explain why i'm going to sound like how i did earlier in this episode when i was speaking like some rom com script generator but like i really think it's about that feeling of being special in some way to somebody not for any particular reason but being important being prioritized i guess that's what i mean to say like if if that feeling is lost then that can be devastating because then what because it it is proportional to the investment you put into the relationship emotionally physically like everything like so if you are prioritizing it in terms of effort and your emotional investment and then you are not prioritized in turn in terms of like the hierarchy then what's the point it just feels like a betrayal so i think i then completely agree with you rohita but i also think that we're talking about like our definitions are too narrow because that type of that type of emotional betrayal where you prioritize somebody else's needs over your primary partner's needs that's exactly what i meant by like i think that is very damaging to a relationship but that doesn't only happen i wouldn't even say it happens most of the time in a romantic context necessarily it can happen in so many different contexts and that does seem worse to me in a way or more destabilizing to a primary relationship than sex yeah i don't think anything it's like emotional cheating is worse than physical cheating i think what's wrong about cheating in any case is what's wrong about cheating outside of sex and romance also which is that you're betraying someone or you're like literally cheating someone uh and not telling them like being dishonest with them about something i think that's the biggest issue in either situation and i think if you're honest about like the feelings you develop like romantically or sexually or how- however i feel like it'll still be hurtful of course but then i mean i think the person will have more respect for you and you can figure how your relationship evolves i'll also say that i think this culture of monogamy the primacy we afford to monogamy imposes that dishonesty i don't know if people will really be that compelled to be that it dishonest yeah and i i like i don't know because because we live in a culture of monogamy and compulsory monogamy yeah. people are forced to be dishonest about things that they inevitably end up doing sometimes and yeah. it is bad obviously no one's saying it's not but like i think from the outside if if this wasn't such a structural thing 
we would be having a very different conversation right now yeah i mean i think that makes sense ruita and kind of like is a great note to end on in terms of thinking about like what does compulsory monogamy do to us as a society as individuals how how do we respond to it and why is it that we think about emotional and physical cheating the way we do i don't think we're leaving you with many answers but we're leaving you with very strong feelings about the before sunrise <laughs> trilogy and some thinking through about like what cheating even means and on that note never forget rahul is a cheater <laughs> in a totally different context sorry i don't know if that made no sense but i had to say that on that note see you again next time bye 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 this podcast is brought to you by ts studios the production company that brings the swaddle's creative point of view to original podcasts and films